What's going on, guys? It is your host, the Evolving Fighter, Mr. Daniel Morrison, back at it again with another episode of our podcast, The Evolving Fighter, here with episode number five. Been a little minute since I recorded episode, but, you know, we had some shit going on. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, but, you know, it's time to get back into it. Time to get back in the groove, guys. So, we are back. We are here, ready to rock and roll. Let's jump into this podcast. First, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Psych. I lied. I don't have any sponsors. But, you know, shout out to all you people who are watching this. I appreciate you guys. Let's get started. First things first. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. But real first things first. We're going to jump into UFC 261. All right. So great cards. I'm recording this on a Sunday. I just watched this fight yesterday, which was Saturday, the whole card. Freaking fantastic from start to finish. Even though it lost its co-headliner, Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega for the featherweight championship. Still a great fight. Still a great fight card. All the fights held up. Co-main event, main event. All the fights. There were, like, what? Not very many decisions. And even the ones that were decisions were some pretty good bar burners. So let's go ahead and jump into it from the rip. And our first fight. First fight of the night. Super interesting fight. You know, you had this one guy who was off for two years. His name, I, I'm going to fucking butcher his name, Abu Azizatar, right? You know, he was going against this other guy, Canadian Barilotes, fucking doing horrible when it comes to these guys' names. If they ever watch this, they never will, but apologize to you guys. Um, but really good fight, both dudes back and forth, throwing heavy hands, you know, Abu Bazar, no, Abu Bazar, <laughs> Abu Zatar, whatever his name is. Doing good. He was a little bit, you know, we could tell he was a striker, coming out heavy with the hands, mixing up, changing levels with his shots, doing a real fucking fantastic job. Um, but he gassed himself out a little bit, trying to finish the fight, clinching a little too much where I don't think he should have, but ended up with the Canadian getting it done in the third round after coming back in the second, putting more pressure on him, and then the third round, finishing him, finishing him, TKO, third round. Beautiful, beautiful um, performance by him. You know, that's when it comes to show that, you know, you got to be able to be patient and be able to know when is the time to kill, when is the time to lay off, when is the time to push. Those are all those things that come with experience and just fighting a lot. So hats off to that dude. He fucking killed it. You know, that guy, the other guy, Abizaitar, Abizaitar, I think it is, he was at the point of exhaustion where he his mouthpiece fell out of his mouth and he literally bent down to pick it up in the middle of the fight. Because you could tell he just wasn't really, like, his head wasn't there. And you know you got to defend yourself at all times. He picked up his mouthpiece, and that's when he got hit. And, you know, that's one of those things where you have to be defending yourself at all times. Because no one's going to let you pick up your mouthpiece, bro, unless the referee stops it. So moving on to the first fight of the prelims, we had Shane Young versus uh, fucking Morales. I forgot what his first name is, but he's a freaking beast, man. He's from Sanford MMA, Venezuelan fighter. And, you know, you have Shane Young, who is a city kickboxing uh, protege and an New Zealander. Very good fight. Both dudes put on a, a hell of a show. Morales was fighting way behind, way more behind his jab coming into the second and the third round, which helped him out more. You could tell Shane Young was trying to wrestle a little too much, which I think. And, um... 
Morales, Morales was a little bit hesitant. He wasn't throwing as much as he usually does. I think it took him a, a second to get comfortable. Once he started throwing off his jab and started working off that, he started doing a beautiful job. So that's off to him. He won that by um, unanimous decision. Move on to Bukowski, Bukowski, whatever the fuck. Hello, Jiskerskur. I'm butchering these fucking names. When I become a commentator one day, I'll get better at these. But they'll tell me what it is beforehand. Either way, light heavyweight bout. Really good fight. I didn't agree with the judges. Yeah, I, I could see it going both ways, to be honest. Like, it was one of those fights where, you know, you could have given it either person. One guy was pushing forward more, but the other guy might have had a little more volume, landing a little bit more at some point. So it was a hard toss-up, but ended up going to the Polish man um, in the other corner. Next one, we had Khabib's cousin fighting um, a... not I wouldn't say a local, but he's fought down here at Titan, uh, Gooden. So that was a good fight, you know, obviously everyone has the hype behind, if you're fucking Anurgamenov, you have hype behind you, so he, you know, showed that he wasn't only a wrestler, he outstruck Gooden the whole entire fight, ended up taking him down the third round to secure it, 30-27 across the board, beautiful um, performance by him, I could still beat him, I know it, to be honest, I look at all these, every time I see a welterweight, I always think, you know, how am I going to beat him, how would I beat him, can I beat him, you know, and even at the level I'm at, like I'm fucking an amateur but i still look at these pros i still think i can beat them and i look at them i'm like ah i could take this guy so good performance by him had khabib javier in the corner you know 30 27 across the board beautiful job next one we had menafield versus Toronto. i knew menafield i've known of him beforehand the Toronto. i didn't know who that guy really was uh both big dudes menafield's a freaking powerhouse and the other guy hasn't fought in a while. He took this on three days' notice, so I was already assuming that he was going to lose. And he made a stupid mistake trying to go for a guillotine, but didn't really wrap it up. You know, when you're against a cage or any, any guillotine situation, bro, if you're not going to jump the gila, the gila, if you're not going to jump the guillotine, then don't fucking wrap the neck because it, it, it made it was stupid. So he got taken down, ended up getting submitted by a freaking um, Von Fluke choke. So, you know, it was rookie mistake. That's what happens. You know, his first UFC fights get on three days' notice. Um, who knows what was going through his mind, but unfortunately he lost that one. So that was a good fight. That ended in the first round. Next one, we got Kama Worthy versus uh, Jamie Malarkey. That was a good one. I was rooting for Worthy because Worthy's a cool fucking dude, man. But uh, Jamie Malarkey, he, he had something to prove. That dude's a dog. It's cool seeing Brad Riddell in his corner, which is interesting because Brad Riddell uh, beat him. Uh, I think, like, two fights prior uh, for Malarkey. Uh, so it was interesting seeing the guy who beat him in his corner. But Malarkey trains with Volkanovski now. Or I don't know if he always did. But, you know, Volk and Brad have a very close relationship because Brad also trains Volk a little bit with the striking. He was one of his striking coaches back in Tekken Muay Thai. As well as, um, you know, Volk cross-training with City Kickboxing a little bit. So... Jamie Malarkey knocked him out in the first round. Fucking beautiful. Hands tight. Nice, clean left hook um, from the front hand. So that was a beautiful, beautiful finish first round. I would get 50K to that, man. Next fight, we had the women's fighting. We had Robertson versus Maverick. Good fight. You know, young girl, 23, um, in Maverick, who was, I think she was like 7-2. A very impressive record. Going against a seasoned vet with, like, the most fights in flyweight history for women. You know, Roberts is she. She's very static in her in her uh, progression as a mixed martial artist. You know, she's jujitsu. That's pretty much it. So the other uh, Maverick 
came out striking, did very well. First round, definitely her. Second round, definitely went to Roberts because she had her control the whole entire time but didn't do any damage. And then third round, Maverick ended up surviving, getting some good strikes, landing on top in some of these exchanges and pulling it out. We had O'Malley versus Almeida. You know, Sugar Sean O'Malley, not a big fan of his, to be honest. Um, I just, He's just kind of a dick, but... I wish he would have, like, you know, just said he lost to Cheeto Vera, but he kept saying, oh, I'm still undefeated. So that shit kind of, like, took me off of his little train that he was on. But he came out, beautiful performance. He is a very educated, very intelligent striker, and you can see it by the feints, the setups. The, the thing that's very interesting is his variety of attacks. So that's what makes it so hard to fight him is not only the feints that he produces every like five seconds, a little twitch, a little head faint, a little level change, anything like that. But it's also the freaking all the type of strikes that he can throw when it comes to his uppercut to his cross, where it goes from his spins, you know, everything that he does. He's such a dynamic striker and such a, you know, an intelligent striker that's very hard to gauge when to go in, what to do, what's coming next. So for Almeida, it was literally just him sitting there the whole time trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Couldn't get it done. Um, O'Malley almost knocked him on the first, but he like kind of thought it was going to be a walk-off KO. Referee didn't stop it. Then the third round, he dropped him again. This time, it should have been a walk-off KO, but the referee wasn't stopping. He stood in one punch, boom. Like, my man Almeida wasn't even defending, and he got knocked the fuck out off that one punch. Like, he was already rocked and pretty dazed. He was, he was done, but the referee was like, oh, he's on his back. Like, he might be still ready. And then, um, you know, O'Malley threw one more punch, boom, put him out, and that was it. So... Beautiful performance by O'Malley. You know, I don't like it, but I can always appreciate uh, the skill when I fucking see it. Um, next fight, we had Tyron Woodley versus Vicente Luque. This was a very big fight for Tyron Woodley. This was the time for him to be like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still vibrant. I'm ready to come back in this division. You know, and I, I've seen a lot of champions win their championships, lose their championships, and their roles afterwards. I don't... <laughs> gonna sound bad i don't think i've ever seen a champion i gotta recall the history because i don't want to be like a dick but i don't think i've ever seen a champion who has gone through this who's gone through this bad of a path after they lost their belt where he's this is four consecutive fights he's lost three of them are to the people from the same camp and then three of them were domination start to finish and then the fourth one he got finished so you know, Vicente Luque is a beast. I do think that he still needs to clean up some things, but, you know, Vicente is one of those guys who's ready to stand and bang and trade. You know, Tyron Woodley wasn't hesitant. He came out swinging. He came out hard. He came out aggressive, but it just wasn't enough. He ended up, you know, clipping Vicente a little bit, got a little happy, and then got clipped himself. And after that, it was just all she wrote. Vicente ended up locking in a nice, beautiful Darsh choke and put him away. So, hats off to Tyron, though, that, that dude's a beast, he's still one of the, you know, he's a great champion when he was, but right now, I don't, I don't know what's, what's next for him, right, he's like, what, 30, 38, 39, yeah, he's like 38 or 39 years old, he's an older dude, you've lost four straight fights, you got submitted, dominated, 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 so, what's next, you know, so that's, that's something that he's gotta either think about himself, with his family, look into what his options are, because to be honest, I think the biggest thing is Tyron Woodley is not, he was a he's a very simple guy, right? Wrestling in a big right hand. And 
it came to the point and, and everything, just like everything that happens, right? Everything evolves. The sport evolves. The sport constantly evolves. And the sport has been showing that you cannot come in here with some basic ass shit and think you're going to be able to run it up like people used to, right? You can't just be a wrestler. You can't just be a striker. You can't just be this. You can't have like decent, you gotta be fucking put together, setting traps, doing all these things that are at an advanced level. And Tyron Woodley is at a point in his career as well. And I think he's at a point in the mindset that he's not going to change his fighting style. He is not going to change the way he fights. He is not going to, um, you know, and I, I think this happens with a lot of people when they lose, they think it's, they, they blame it on a lot of other stuff. And they just think that they just need another crack at something. But at this, like they don't look at their actual style and see, hey, shit, I might need to mix things up. You know, so it, it's it's an interesting thing. And it's it's also hard because you, you were so successful with one thing for so long. It's hard for you to change. Change is, change is inevitable, but change is not an easy thing. You know, so hats on to Tyron. You know, sucks that he lost, but it is what it is. Vicente Luque, beast. Great performance for him, beating a former champion. Called that Diaz after. I'd love to see that fight. To be honest, I don't give a fuck about Nate Diaz, though, because, like, <sighs> like he, he's a good fighter, don't get me wrong, but he really just, he's he's not elite. He's a good fighter, but he's not elite. Anytime he went to the elites, he never, he could not break through, and that's why he never had a championship opportunity or anything like that. He couldn't break through the elites. You know, like Nick could do it, but Nate was not, Nate, Nate is not an elite fighter. And just like, you know, Woodley, Nate is one of those guys who's really going to change his game up so much. It's the same shit, just a different day. Just trying to get it each and every way. All right, no. um, but yeah, so we'll see if that happens. Probably not, to be honest. But you never know. Always shoot your shots after that fight. That's your time to go ahead and try and make that money, you know? Uh, then we go to the... The fucking heavyweight championship of the world, Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic. I have my money on Miocic, you know? He beat him the first time, and... But I think... You could, you could see there was tentativeness between um, with Stipe. Like, the whole first round, he barely threw shit. Barely threw shit. And Ngannou hit him with a nice, clean right hand, but it didn't rock him. It, did, it definitely kind of woke him up, like, oh, shit, I just got hit. But... Stipe was just kind of moving around, dancing a little bit. Ninganu was was keeping pressure forward. Keeping pressure forward. And he was, um, you know, staying patient. The first fight, he was way too wily all over the place. And this fight, he was, he was staying patient, chilling. And it scared Stipe, I think, a little bit. And then when he shot in... He got sprawled on, like, Stipe sprawled, and then he transitioned to the back, and they started punching him in the fucking face, and I was fucking dangerous, then second round, and, and then after that, like, after the, and then, you know, Francis started to wrestle a little too much, and he got, you could see his, the blood start to build up, because he got a little tired, but then second round came, and he came out, same shit, Stipe started throwing a little bit, got caught, tried to throw a, a get-off-me punch, thought it, it, it did something, but it didn't really, and then... Ngannou fucking flattened him, dropped down, big hammer fist, and <sighs> caught another fucking body. And that is the new heavyweight champion of the world. That's a scary motherfucker. And John Jones says he wants to fight him. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I think John could do it, though, 100%. I think his distance range management is just too good. Um, but it's always that fucking threat of that big motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? 
But we'll see. We'll see. This is a new John Jones who's at 240 now, who built up all this weight, took the fucking time. Now, like, a lot of guys who just bulk up real quick and try to go. It doesn't really work that well for them. But we'll see. I, I think that John Jones will, will win that fight and become the heavyweight champion of the world. But that's still a fucking interesting fight because no matter what, no matter how good you are, you know, it's a fight anything can happen, especially when you're fighting a big-ass motherfucker who's 263 fucking pounds, 6'4", all power. You know, and if he gets better and better and better, then people are going to get fucking screwed. And there's he'll just be on top until maybe someone just lands a lucky punch. Like maybe Derek Lewis. Who knows? Who knows? But we'll see. Um, but, yep, that's it for UFC 260. That was – oh, did I say 261 when I started this? If I did, I fucked up. Oh, well, it is what it is. But, no, that was a great, great fight card. A lot of finishes. I think there was only, like, what, one, two – there's only two decisions of the whole card. Everything else was a finish. So, great fucking fight, man. Great, great fight card. Went out with my boy Osai. Shout out to him. We chilled. Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, a lot cheaper than buying these motherfuckers. Full price. Um, So, go out. Watch the fights. Nice and easy. Alright, so let's go ahead and jump into... We are done with the fights. We're going to talk a little bit about Daniel now. If you don't know who Daniel is, that is me. If you didn't know who Daniel is by this point, I'm very surprised that you're actually still watching this and don't know what the fuck's going on with you, but it is what it is. All right, so let's go over what the fuck's been going on. I I, I have not put up an episode in a couple weeks. Um, What happened? Why why did I stop putting up videos? I mean, episodes. I was putting episodes once a week. But what happened, bro? What happened? Um, Pretty much personal shit right we had personal shit going on in our life that was kind of fucking with us that made us unmotivated to do a lot of things especially like things like these because these like you know my podcast is like a side project right it's not my main um goal i love doing it don't get me wrong but it's not it's not fighting right um so you know we had our injuries that made us had to stop training for a little bit and we stopped training one of the things we felt like was that you know we felt kind of, I felt stuck, man. That was one of the things that was hard for me when I, when I fucking fucked up my ankle. I, it's snapped in a wrestling practice and it wasn't anything on the bone, but it put me out and I'm still kind of out, but not really. But it, it's tough, man. Cause especially this sport revolves around my fucking body. If I can't fucking do shit with my body, I really can't make any progression in this sport. Like actual progression, right? Like, yeah, I can watch videos, blah, 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 blah but I cannot win fucking fights if I can't fight. So for me, it was a very frustrating and still is a very frustrating journey that I'm going through with this fucking injury, man. And for me, it was hard to get motivated to do this when I couldn't get motivated, when I couldn't do the one thing that I really love to do, which is fight, train, and do all that shit. I had nothing to look forward to. I had nothing on the horizon. It was just, when is your ankle getting it better so we can fight? And then I had some other shit going on with... My relationship, that hit me fucking hard. There was a lot of stuff going on there. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to, like, just touch on, like, your personal life and kind of your work life, right? So, for me, my work life is a little bit different from everybody else's work life. Like, you know, obviously, I have my other job at Jami Martial Arts. But training and everything and doing these side things that I think are going to help me in the future when it comes to my whole entire career. But personal shit, that will... Kind of stop, and it's hard to fucking do things when you're not motivated and you don't feel like doing them, especially when it's not like, you know, 
100% necessary for you to need to do it, right? Like, I, I feel unmotivated a lot of times to train, but I'll fucking do that because I know I need to do it for this because this is a side project of something I want to do. If I'm not motivated, it's a lot harder for me to pick myself up and go do it. And as you can see, it did take me a while because it's been a fucking minute and I haven't put up one fucking episode. But, you know, we're here now. We fixed our problems with our relationship. You know, we're still working on it, but, you know, obviously it's not perfect, but, you know, we're good. Thank the Lord. <laughs> but um, ankle's getting better, but it's it's that's the most frustrating thing because I still don't know how long until this shit gets better and, like, good enough for me to go, like, 100% in practice. But it's getting better. I'm still fucking working on it, doing my own, like, fucking set of physical therapy and shit. But it's fucking annoying, man. And then my back started fucking up when I tried to get back into practice. And then oh, a whole bunch of bullshit. And for me, it was just difficult to be able to get, like I said, get that fucking that want to go do it, to get up, get off your lazy ass and go do it. It's like, I'm sad. <laughs> like I'm fucking sad and I don't want to do anything. And it was difficult. It was tough, but your boy is here now and not everything in my life is fixed, but we still gotta keep moving on, but it's better than before. And a lot of shit I can't complain about because, well, I can fucking complain if I want to, but I'll choose not to for certain things. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm alive, I'm healthy-ish, and I still have uh, people who love me that surround me and support me, so can't complain too much. But what have I been doing since I've been gone, other than wallowing in sorrow? Um, you know, I've been focusing a little bit more on coaching, right? So if you guys know or paid attention to any of these past episodes or when I went over my dreams and everything, one of my biggest dreams is to be an MMA coach, right? Is to coach world champions, be a world champion, become a world champion, and then coach world champions to continue on and then kind of build a fucking legacy of like, damn, Daniel was not only one of the, if not the greatest fighter to ever live, he is one of the, if not the greatest coach to ever live. And I love coaching, I love teaching, I love seeing the ability to... The, like, you know, for the things that I teach someone, for them to use it, or the things I show someone or help someone with, and allowing them to be successful from that, that's fucking very rewarding. So, for me, I am, I was just focusing a little bit more on my coaching role, right? We had boys who were going to go fight, They're, um, so I was focusing on making sure I had good practices, making sure I was focusing on certain things. One of the things I used to do when I would run the practices, when I would do them, right, is I was always kind of mix things up. Um, but I was realizing, like, when I was thinking about it, when I was thinking about the way our coaches coach us, especially our wrestling coach, it's, like, very systemized when it comes to the things that we do. And I'm not necessarily trying to create my own system, but I wanted to create some type of, you know, focus for the camps, right? So if we're doing a camp, I want to be able to focus on one thing per practice, right? So, like, Mondays, our focus was fucking pressure, pressure and ring control and that's what we worked for a whole fucking camp with all of our fighters and i wanted to make sure that all of us fucking understood how to be able to do that you know and then you know working our feints working on everything but i had a pressure circuit that i created and i wanted us to run through it and i ran through it every fucking monday that we had practice and it, i wanted to make sure we kept doing that because i didn't want us to just kind of stay do one thing one time and then we leave it and then no one fucking improve their pressure i want everyone i want people to improve their pressure 
you know, being able to put that pressure for control the center of the ring and prove that. So I made sure we continuously did that. And then I worked on some other stuff on Wednesdays and stuff, which is the Mondays and Wednesdays of practices I run. And then, you know, I was focusing on that role, making sure my boys were good, making sure I was filling them with positive energy and making sure I was giving them inspirational speeches. Like, look at any of the best coaches in the world. you got to be an inspirational motherfucker. Like, that's just hands down. If you're not inspirational, I feel like you can't be a coach without being inspirational, you know? And you see all the fucking cool-ass movies where they deliver those speeches. And in my mind, I always think one day I'm going to give one of those speeches or something like that. But I always try to end the end practices with good notes and make sure that I try to impart some wisdom on them, you know? And one of the things I realized, you know, it took me a while to realize this just growing up, is that just because... Like, you don't have to be the best at something to be able to teach something to someone. Or you don't have to necessarily be better than someone to teach them something, right? So, I remember I always used to think, oh, if someone was, like, you know, a belt below me for, per se, right? Then they can't tell me shit because I'm a belt above you. But there's different perspective, different ways people see the world. And, you know, we have to be able to take information that we get from anybody and be able to see that it could be beneficial toward us. And that's why I think I can make a good coach and why I am a good coach right now. And the things that I do is because I study the game, I pay attention to it very well, and I make sure that I bring everything that I can from the outside world, my own personal knowledge and things that I see to be able to help my guys get better and do the things that they need to do, right? And I know them very well, so it's really good for me to be able to do that because I always pick things that I know they need very, you know, they need to work on and they need to improve on. And I know the little things that I know that they struggle with or the basic things that they just need a little bit of repetition and shit, so... Focusing on my coaching role a little more, I got to be in a pro corner for the first time. That was fucking awesome. Shout out to my boy Joey, um, one of our one of our main coaches. He was out of town, so I was filling in for him. So I got to be in the corner for his pro, um, Joey's pro fight. Um, unfortunately, the fight didn't go our way, but you know we live and we learn. You know, part of me always kind of wonders if you know Joe was in that corner, would he have done better? I don't know, but you know, you learn a little bit of things from being in that position. I was talking to my head coach and making sure I was trying to. Just kind of pick his brain about how, you know, how you approach things as being that coach in the corner. And just after things happen and before things happen and just kind of like, you know, pick his brain a little bit about shit. So it was very interesting for me to be able to be in that situation. And I was happy um, that I was able to be there for my boy. Uh, but we got other guys fighting. We were supposed to have them fight actually yesterday. Yeah, we were supposed to have them fight yesterday, but the whole card got canceled um, so that fucking sucked, but two of our guys got another fight, another one got another fight, but, you know, we'll see what happens, we're hopefully, like, everybody will get competing, I'm hoping to compete in May, this ankle is gonna not be a fucking cunt, um, but, we'll see, I'm hoping for it, man, you know, May, I'm hoping to come back, be able to make my comeback, not really a comeback, but just, just fucking fight, man, and I feel like I've improved a lot over these, like, little bit of time that I've been off with some little weapons that I've been developing, and little nuances and stuff that I've learned so that's my goal is to just come back in May fight maybe fight for a title after that and fight another fight maybe defend it and then go pro hopefully 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 um but can't predict the future shit in my future I wasn't going to be injured I wasn't going to get COVID the first month of the goddamn year I was uh excuse me saying Lord in vain um but I didn't think I was going to get COVID in the first fucking month of the year. And I didn't fucking think that I was going to fuck up my ankle the next month. And I was supposed to schedule for, I was scheduled to fight this one guy, right? I was supposed to fight him in January. That fucked up. I was supposed to fight him in February. Then that fucked up because of my ankle and because of COVID. And then he got another fight for the title. So I'm just like, fuck. And now I got to go watch that fight. I don't want, I want to watch that fight, but 
you know, we might have a fight on that card, so I'll be able to watch that anyway. But I wanted to see it to see who will be my next opponent or future opponent. Because I wanted to, either one of those dudes I wanted to fight anyway. But that's going to be a good fight. Uh, George Molina versus Lucas Cortez for the XFN Welterweight Championship, April 11th. So hopefully I'll be able to watch that. I got a boy on that card. My boy David going to fighting a very talented striker out of Combat Club. So I'm excited for that. That's going to be a good fight. So hopefully... You know, everything works out, and we'll be able to go watch that fight, or even be in the corner. I won't be in the corner, but I'll be able to watch that fight for sure. But yeah, so coaching role was one of the things I wanted to make sure I was, you know, focusing on and taking that a little more seriously. Uh, because when I when I run practices and I'm doing them, I cannot stop and coach you because I'm doing my own drills, right? But when I am sitting on the sidelines, I can see everyone and pick out everything from each person which was, you know, um, that was what I wanted to make sure I was doing. So it's, it's a very interesting little little change of pace from being on the sidelines and watching practices and coaching them from being in them and, like, running them that way. So I think it was good. I think I was able to help my boys and do, and do what I needed to do, right? But, um, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, guys, didn't want to go too long for this one. This kind of like a recap. But I just wanted to kind of like talk about a little bit about how, you know, you have that personal life, fuck around with your work life, kind of making things, you know, a little messy, right? You know, we all have personal shit that goes on in our lives that kind of impedes our progress in some type of way, whether it be a relationship, whether it be even your, you know, your friendships or whatever it is or stuff going on with your family. But, you you know, that stuff impedes your progress, right? Like at work, you might not be the happiest or whatever. For me, it's 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 different because of the way that... And it's not even... I wouldn't say it's different for me. It's like the same for everybody. Like you're having a bad time with your relationship. You're going to work. You might not be happy when you're going to work. You might be a little bit like short-tempered because you're pissed off. Or you might be just sad and down and it's hard for you to get excited, you know? Or it's hard for you to like put that same effort in that you usually do or you don't want to do certain things. And, it, and it's, it's tough and it's difficult. You know, for me, I... I I don't like that I did it. Like, I took this time off of doing this podcast. I got a new laptop, so I was able to do videos, but I didn't do anything on YouTube yet. So, it's disappointing to see that I I stopped and stopped doing things, but who knows if the quality of what I was going to put out would have been as good as I wanted it to be, you know, when it comes to being in that type of mindset and that feeling, you know? Um, But either way, that personal shit, it's always going to have some type of impact on how you do things because, you know, we're all human. We can't just, like, fucking put it to the side so easily, right? Maybe not all of us. Some of us can. Even if we do, it might be still kind of lingering in the back of our head or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I am happy to be back, happy to be doing this with you guys. Um, I want to start bringing guests on here, start doing some stuff. My goal is to make it to 100 episodes at least. 100 episodes. So, yeah, let's see if we can fucking do it. Whether everyone watches it, no one watches it, one person watches it. I always know I got one motherfucking person watching it. That's my girl. I know that for a fact. She gonna watch it every single time or listen to it because it's a podcast. But, at the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. But, I will put it out for you guys. I will keep continuing out here doing my damn thing. And, hopefully, I'll have some fight news for you guys soon when shit Starts working out for me, but year 22 has not been the greatest for your boy, you know? When I turned 22, that's when shit kind of went downhill, you know? 
fucked up, lost my fight, my title fight, COVID, ankle, relationship, a lot of shit went bad, but we're going to build everything back up, we're going to get another title shot, we're going to get um, this ankle healed up, our relationship, we're working on that, and it's getting better, and we're doing what we got to do to be a solid fucking individual, right, the goal is always to get better and grow, and that's what I'm trying to do. That's why I'm the evolving fighter. I evolve, motherfuckers. Um, but, you know, sometimes it takes a fucking minute. So, but um, if you guys made it all the way... Oh, I said, but um, 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 but um. Shout out to anybody who watches How I Met Your Mother. Um, but anyway, appreciate everyone who showed up and showed out. It was a little shorter than usual, but that's okay. I enjoy doing this. I miss doing this. And I'm happy that I fucking finally got off my lazy fucking ass and did this damn podcast for you beautiful amazing people if you've watched all the way to the end i appreciate you thank you so much for joining me you already know where to follow me d morrison mma at on instagram at d morrison underscore mma on instagram d morrison mma on twitter youtube the evolving fighter and then you can follow this podcast the evolving fighter podcast I will see you guys next time for our next episode. Don't know what we'll be talking about yet. Hopefully, maybe I'll have some good news for you. Who knows? We will see. But either way, I am out. I love you guys. Appreciate you, everyone. Have a great one. It's been your boy, Daniel, the Evolving Fighter Podcast, episode number five. Peace.